Welcome back to Defeat the Darkness. This is Vivian L. Miller. I'm here with CJ Jones. And we are going to be talking about some things along the same lines that we've been talking about for quite a while, encouraging the body of Christ to grow up. Because we are at a time when we, time is really short. How are you doing, Cheryl? I'm doing very well. How are you today? I am very, very blessed. There's a huge storm outside on my end, but I've already declared that there'll be no disruption of the podcast in spite of this storm. Amen. No disruption of any kind. Um, That's right. You had sent me something from Instagram. You had sent me a screenshot from Instagram, and you had sent me some comments that went back and forth in Instagram. And then I had gone back to you and said I hope you you know direct message this person that was being attacked Uh and you said I hadn't you hadn't but you you probably should I did actually did you and did they respond no he did not okay and what do you remember what you said to him uh vaguely um I was just encouraged yeah, just encouraging him to keep doing what he's doing and that uh, everything that he's saying in his post is is spot on. Um, not to be discouraged by those who are opposing him. Being nay- naysayers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just for him to just keep doing what he's doing. And, and he's, he's right about everything that he's saying. And I just tried to encourage him in that manner and uh, told him that he is very mature for his age. I found out he's only 20 years old. Yeah. He's very mature then. Just seeing, yeah. just seeing the way, what he was saying, the little bit you showed me, mm-hmm. he's very mature and he's he very is. aware. You know, there were prophecies back in the eighties that in the very last days, there would be a lot of very young people who didn't know squat about theology or religion who were going to come up in the body of Christ, get born again and be on fire for the God. And that I was reminded of that when I read what you sent me. Yeah. And then I started talking and I, you know how I am. I talked to the Lord all week about what we're going to talk about on the podcast. And he pointed me to a scripture that I have always assumed was what was Jesus talking about children. Uh Uh-huh. And he said, go look it up. Okay. And, and I was incorrect. Or should I say I was incomplete in my understanding. Mm. So we're going to start there. That's our foundation scripture for this time. Go to Mark 9. Okay. And I'm going to back up from where I actually put my notes. I put notes to myself so I would remember, but I think I'm going to back up a little bit and start in verse. um, 35. And he sat down and called the 12 and said unto them, if any man desire to be first, um, the same shall be the last of all and servant of all. And he took a child and set him in the midst of them. And and when he had taken him in his arms, he said unto them, Whosoever shall receive one of these set of such children in my name receives me. And whosoever shall receive me receives not me, but him that sent me. And John answered him, saying, Master, we saw one casting out devils in your name, and he followed not us, and we forbade him because he followed not us. But Jesus said, forbid him not, for there is no man which shall do a miracle in my name that can lightly speak evil of me, for he that is not against us is on our part. For whosoever shall give a cup of water to drink in my name, because he belongs to the to Christ or to the anointed one, verily I say unto you, he shall not lose his reward. And whosoever shall offend one of these little ones, that believe in me, it is better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and he were cast into the sea. And if your hand offend you and it cut it off, it is better for you to enter into life maimed than having two hands 
to go into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched. That's down to verse 43. Will you start at 35 and read through 43? You bet. Okay. Since he sat down, called the 12 disciples over to him and said, whoever wants to be first must take last place. Mouse. Then he put a little child among them. Taking the child in his arms, he said to them, Anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me welcomes not only me, but also my Father who sent me. John said to Jesus, Teacher, we saw someone using your name to cast out demons, but we told him to stop because he wasn't in our group. Don't stop him, Jesus said. No one who performs a miracle in my name will soon be able to speak evil of me. Anyone who is not against us is for us. If anyone gives you even a cup of water because you belong to the Messiah, I tell you the truth, that person will surely be rewarded. But if you cause one of these little ones who trust in me to fall into sin, it would be better for you to be thrown into the sea with a large millstone hung around your neck. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better to enter eternal life with only one than to go into the unquenchable fires of hell with two hands. The woman who tried to talk that young man out of his faith Mm -hmm. was who he was talking about with the millstone. After I, I read that, my spirit was grieved. And I thought I heard all I heard was the word millstone. And I remembered if he's talking about, well, of course, you're talking about children. And he says, go look it up. And this is where he led me. I looked at it in Matthew. I looked at it in, looked up in Matthew and in Luke. But Mark is the one where he talks about people that are for me cannot be against me. Right. We have a lot of babies in the body of Christ. Yes. And these babies have decided they're going to judge other believers because they don't believe the way they believe. My summa summa church tells me blah, blah, blah. So you're saying something else. So you're wrong. Yeah. They don't understand that they're falling right into that spirit of division. Mm-hmm. And they don't realize that they're acting like fleshy, carnal Christians doing that. Right. Yeah. We talked about walking in love last week. Right. Is not being the judge over people. We're, you know, the word says we're not to judge. We are to inspect fruit. We are fruit inspectors, but we are not judges. Right. And I, after you, after you um, sent that to me and the Lord was talking to me about it, I did post something on that platform that we're both on. Mm-hmm. And somebody responded with another scripture talking from Ephesians talking about what don't you know angels. And I thought to myself, I'm not even going to respond to this because it has nothing to do with the context of what I said. Right. The, the scripture in Ephesians does deal with judging angels. And if I had actually given a teaching to that person who said, well, you know, doesn't the word says we're going to judge angels. Yes. Judge angels, not other people. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. The angels will be judged for their job, the job they did for us. Nothing done, and I haven't. The angels haven't produced the result yet. And I, I will. I there have been times when I'll just say, I remind you that at the at the last days, at the end times, I will be judging you and the job you've done. Wow. And it's amazing how fast it gets done after that. I think I'm going to have to use that. Because they are, they are ministering spirits sent to minister for those who inherit salvation. We are allowed to judge. My Bible, in my version, in Matthew 7, the very first verse says, Judge not that you not be judged, that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you shall measure you meet, it shall be measured to you. The most, not the 
-hmm. How or how will you save your brother? Let me pull the mote out of your eye and behold the beam is in your own eye. First cast out the and then cast out the mote. Brother's eye. Can you read that for yeah. me in yours, Matthew 7, 1 through 5? One through five. Okay. Mm -hmm. It says, do not judge others and you will not be judged for you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye? when you can't see past the log in your own eye. Hypocrite. First get rid of the log in your own eye, then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Mm -hmm. One of the preachers that both of us know pretty well um, said many years ago to the Lord, what is your biggest problem with, in the body of Christ? What is the thing that is the biggest problem you have with them, with us? And the answer was immediate. You know what the answer was? Uh, no. Your dog is determined to correct one another. Wow. Because my post in that, that particular thing was something to the effect of rather than judge, pray for the person and, the, and ask the Holy Spirit to correct. It could be that perhaps the Holy Spirit will be correcting you. That's, that's powerful. I like that. That's good. Good stuff. But that's what the Lord gave me to say. And then the person came back with, don't you know we're going to judge angel? That has nothing to do with what I said. All right. <laughs> so I didn't even bother to respond. Yeah. Because this child, this is child's play. Uh-huh. And we're not in no longer in, in kindergarten. We're no longer playing in sandbox. I'm no longer I just had the vision of you and I sitting in the sandbox and me trying to pull a doll out of your arms and you're you holding the doll and I'm trying to pull it out of your arms in the sandbox. We are no longer in the sandbox. Yeah. And we don't have time for this. And you heard the prophecy. I asked you to listen to that prophecy. I've listened to it several times because he starts with come up higher. Right. For you to receive what I have for you, I have been waiting for you to come up higher. There are many things I have for you that you've not received. Come up higher. And know that the enemy will fight you when you do, but know mm -hmm. that I'm there to give you the victory. Right. Oh, that's awesome. I'm paraphrasing. I'm paraphrasing now, but I've heard it several times, so I think I can. And then he said yeah. something to the effect in that prophecy, the Lord said, the time of the catching away is very short. Mm -hmm. And you need to be you need to come up higher to receive what I have for you before that happens. Yeah. I have not heard a prophecy where he talks about the catching of the way being a short time for a long time. For it to be for him to bring it up now, it is very the time is very short. I've known this, but that was just confirmation to me of how short the time is. Right. That's right. I've heard preachers say the Lord said to them, you know, the catch and tell tell them I'm coming. Oh, they know that. No, they don't know that. They don't understand how soon I'm coming. Right. I'm coming sooner than you think. And and the prophecy went on to say, clean out the things in your life that is that are holding you back. Now is not the time to play with those things anymore. Put them aside. Press into me, press into my word. Right. We are at a critical time. And like I told you before the podcast started, there are going to be a lot of Christians who have been playing church for years. And mm -hmm. they're going to see some of us 
start to get all the things we've been standing for for decades and they're going to feel left behind. And they're going to want to know well, what, why you. Right. It's for everybody. He doesn't play favorites. Well, that's true. And that's something that, you know, people need to, to really start to understand and um, implement those things in your life that God has given you. You know, you can't just sit back like this person did uh, who responded to that guy and do it. You know, well, I don't disagree with that on some level. We have, he's given us power and authority to do well, the that things. Well, that person was denying authority. That person was saying, we don't have any authority except in prayer. That's not yeah, true. That's right. Prayer is, is, is the opening for God, but it's not the only power we have. No, absolutely not. I mean, I started, I started thinking about it this way, you know, because one thing that that person said was we have no, we have no power or authority in the spiritual world. And I'm like, Oh, how can you even say that? Because, yeah. you know, Jesus, Luke ten nineteen, Exactly. Luke ten nineteen. That's an excellent scripture. And that's one scripture that, that was given that she opposed. And the other one that I was thinking of was, you know, when, responded to her and said, you know, possibly, you know, go search out spiritual warfare because one of the things that one of the scriptures that I use all the time or think about all the time is, you know, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through the pulling down of strongholds, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Now, and mighty through in the King James says mighty through God. Yeah. And the word God and since God is love, it's, uh-huh. it's, it's mighty through love. Yeah. But you got to think about it in this in these terms as well. That you know, when it says those weapons are not carnal, it means they're not physical. So if they're not physical, they must be spiritual. Authority and the spirit, then those weapons are useless. So we have to right. know then that why we is he ha- bringing it up? Exactly. Why would he why give is he us bringing it up in the word? Yeah. <laughs> why would he give us spiritual weapons that are useless if? If. if no, I know any- he's bringing he's he's bringing it up so he can say neener 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 you can't use these that's right not, that's not God <laughs> no that's not God absolutely Luke not ten nineteen in case somebody doesn't know what Luke ten nineteen is behold and this was before Jesus went to the cross this is before Jesus paid the price this is before Jesus took the keys of hell and death and brought them back and gave them to us this is before that and he said. In Luke ten nineteen, behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of not some of the power, no, over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. That's right. That woman said we had no power in the spirit. Right. Jesus said we do. Somebody's lying. Yeah. I well, she, her. she said, you know, not only just no power, but she said no authority. Right. No power and authority. I'm like, well, you've got to have both of those. You know, I just, it, it baffles it me sometimes. It, yeah, me, it me too. That, you know, we, you can be a Christian and you can read through the Bible, but you're not comprehending it. They're and, reading it. They're not meditating it. There's right. a huge difference between reading it and meditating. Reading it is like skimming something when you're when you're getting ready to go out and you have to check it check your notes on something and you skim them. Yeah. That's what reading is like. Yeah. Meditating is actually eating it and swallowing it. Right. That's right. And at some point you have to move from you know, spiritual milk to solid food. Well, she didn't know well enough to know to, you know, sometimes some, sometimes you don't have to tell people where you are. All you do is you don't have to tell them how smart you are. All you have to do is talk, right? And they can locate you. Yeah, 
Yeah. For the weapon, Second Corinthians ten, starting at verse four. Right. Uh, no, starting at verse three. For, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, or God is love, through, but mighty through love, to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of love, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of the anointed one and his anointing. Can you read it in yours? From three to five through five. five. Since we are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to. I think I read, like mine better because it's talking about your own imaginations more than it is teaching someone else. Yeah. But, but the thing of it is taken into captivity. If if she knew the word as well as she thought of as she did, mm -hmm. she would know that Christ is not the name above every name. Right. Her denomination has her saying Christ, but Christ is not the name above every name. That's right. And she said, we can only do it through Christ. No, we can only do it through Jesus. Jesus is the name above every name. That's right. You see how the enemy has watered down the word so much in people's understanding? The word is still the word. But he's darkened their understanding by changing little things like that. It's just like the, the you know, the PC language that everybody uses. Uh-huh. It changes the meaning of the words. The words have not changed their meaning. The people's interpretation of what those words mean has changed. So they're actually saying opposite of what they intend. Oh, definitely. We've seen that, especially within the last three years. Uh-huh. More so in the last three years. And you can't tell me it's not on purpose because the enemy knows the power of words. Right. Why do you think he said, I will exalt my throne above the most high? I will be like the most high. He, he figured he could he had the power to say the words and make it come to pass. Uh -huh. Problem is, he was an angel, not a human being. He didn't have that power. Right. And it got him in trouble. He usurped the human being authority to do that. And at that time, I don't think Adam was even there, but he is usurped the, the authority that a, a, a man would have had. Uh -huh. <laughs> he tried to use man's authority in his in his spirit body and that didn't work so well for him right because he was an angel not a man mm. that's deep yeah it is that just came from the holy ghost that's deep i'm thinking about it myself that's where a lot of the problem has has arisen over these these many hundreds of years, is people using spiritual principles backwards? People will say, "Go, what goes around comes around." Mm -hmm. They'll say, "Well, karma will get you," but they won't say, "Seed time and harvest." Right. It's the same principle. But they're using another, they don't want to involve God. So they don't say, you know, what it says in Genesis, you know, seed time and harvest will never see them. I'll go to it because it's in Genesis. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. That's the spiritual law. Genesis 8.22. But they don't say it that way. Because they don't want to give God any credit. That's right. They've taken God out of just out of everything. Mm -hmm. Even even language. Uh huh. So especially not, language. Especially because words are powerful, and you don't, they, they don't. 
the words being planted, then with those seeds being planted, you know, to and coming to pass. Right. That's right. The more I understand, the more I am absolutely astounded at how far we've gone away from the word, how far we've gone away from God, how much we've negated his presence. Because he's a gentleman. He won't stick around if you refuse him. That's true. When he's welcome, he's right there. But he's not yeah. going to stay there if you, if you refuse him. I mean... I, I think often because I because of what I do at work, I think often about the fact that in 1948 the two, there were two very very um, serious infractions that went on in high schools. Which were? You want to know what they were? Absolutely. Right, running in the halls and chewing gum. <laughs> That was 1948. I wish that was all we had to worry about today. In 2023, we have to have security and we have to have metal detectors and we have mass shootings and all kinds of stuff because people aren't, kids aren't, aren't praying at the beginning of the day anymore. Kids aren't being, aren't speaking, you know, um, saying the Pledge of Allegiance before the day starts. None of that is happening anymore. Right. You just look at how far, like you said, we've, we've drifted from the word and, and from God came out of everything. And people wonder why things are so bad. You know? Well, hello, somebody's yeah. going to fill the void. You can't have avoid anything. An empty cup has air in it. Mm -hmm. When you put water in an empty cup, you are just dis displacing the air. Yeah. When you get to the top of the cup, if you continue to put water in it, the water will overflow. That's because right. there's nothing to contain the water in the cup anymore when it gets to the top. Uh -huh. There is no void anywhere. So why do we think there's a void in the spirit? Why do we think if we take God out, there's nothing, there's nothing to replace it? Well, there's always, always going to be something to replace it. And it's always going to be contrary to what it should be. Exactly. That's my point. Uh, yeah. There's no, you, you displace God, there's going to be something else take his place. And there's only one other something else. Right. It's either light or dark, God or the devil, angels or demons. You choose. Right. And people who are anti-God... Um, want to blame God for this. No, it's not God's fault. And I heard someone, I was, I watch certain shows in the morning, you know I do, on a certain yeah. network. Mm -hmm. And I went to turn, I think it was Charles Caps off, but I didn't quite make it there in time because it was finished. So I, mean, I was listening to it for like the third or fourth time this week before it changes over to another one tomorrow and I heard someone from that church that we is connected to that place that ministry where we met yep and it's one of the people that has been in the top not the very top but I mean one of the people that have been there for years and he was addressing talking about people having fear and he was saying well if you have fear let the word do its own fight against the fear put the word on it and I'm like, the word says, perfect love casts out fear. If the person has fear, that's an indication they've not been walking in love. That's the first thing I look at. If fear tries to come on me and I'm sensing fear, 
I immediately look at my love walk because perfect love casts out fear. Right. It push it dispels fear. It removes fear. It makes it leave. And if you're feeling fear, then you've obviously slipped in your love walk somewhere because fear wouldn't be able to be in there if you hadn't. Yeah. And this is somebody that's been mucky muck there for years. And I, I ended up talking to the television saying, it's the word says in first John, perfect love casts out fear. So why are you not addressing that? Well, that's a good question. Why, why wouldn't they? Yeah. Hello. And the person that is named in that ministry is the head. That's where I learned it. So how did that flip? Hmm. Do they not listen to any of the old stuff that that person ever preached? Apparently not. Apparently not. Because I heard that years ago. And it took me a while to, to process that and understand God is love. When I bring God into, when I bring love into the situation, he's right there to, to help me with that situation. And the reason fear can't stay is because perfect love, which is God, casts out fear. <laughs> so as long as I stay in love, I'm not going to be in fear. Right. It's that simple. It's very simple. You don't have to let the word have its own fight over fear. I did that before I understood that principle. And I would spend a lot of time using the word to try to get rid of the fear, not understanding that it wasn't going to leave until I walked in love. And I had a very sharp tongue for years. Yeah. And I, I felt I took great pride in, and I'll say it that way because I didn't know any better. I took great pride in being able to, oh, you you bothered me, you you offended me, good, I can cut you down ten words or less. And I was full of fear. Right. I was a, a grown up afraid of the dark. That's how much fear was in me. And when I started walking in love and did it on purpose, even when people were very unlovely and very unlovable, yeah, that fear started leaving. And the more I practiced love, the more fear left. I don't know what it is to feel fear anymore. Right. I have to stay on that love line because it will come back as soon as I don't. But I'd rather stay on the love line and... and and um, yield my flesh, you know, put my flesh down and keep from speaking up and, and saying something nasty to somebody and stay in the, stay in the protection of God and stay in the, in the yeah. shelter of the most high and not have to fear. It's worth it to me. Yeah. I think a lot of the confusion that comes in where we're talking about love is that people believe more often than not that love is a feeling it's and there's there's nowhere force. right there's nowhere in the bible there's not one scripture in there that says love is a feeling i've i've yet to find one mm -mm. and but they it, confuse it with romantic love too exactly it's not romantic love it's it's action it's how you mm -hmm. treat other people you know, mm -hmm. you know, first Corinthians 13, four through eight tells us exactly what it is. And that's also not just that's describing God's character as well, because like you said, God is love. So God is when you, every time you see where the word love replace it with God, God is patient. God, is, you know, and that's how he is with us. That is his character. So when we think of love, we think of God. When we think of God, we think of love. They're interchangeable. They're the same thing. 
And you it know? opens your it opens your understanding when you start changing the word for love to God and the word God to love. Yeah. It really opens up your understanding of how it really works. Right. But it's not a feeling and it's not romantic love. It's a choice. It's it, a absolutely. Absolutely it is. And sometimes you've got to wake up every morning and you've got to make that decision and that choice that you're going to walk in love that day. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Especially sometimes when somebody is really nasty. Right. You know, I wake up in the mornings, you know, in a in a bad mood and think I don't feel so lovely today. I don't feel like loving today, but I have to make that choice that I'm going to do it anyway. And as I do that and as I walk in love, uh, my mood changes. Right. Because it has to. Right. Because that mood came from a spirit that's trying to get you to, to give somebody a piece of your mind. Right. To open and up looking to... for someone. Yeah. Looking right. for an opportunity to give somebody a piece of your mind. <laughs> right. Right. So 1 Corinthians 13 in the Amplified, but I'm going to read it with putting the changing the word okay god endures long and is patient and kind god is never envious nor boils over with jealousy it is not he is not boastful or vainglorious he does not display himself haughtily god is not conceited arrogant or inflated with pride he is not rude unmannerly he does not act unbecomingly god love um, God, God loves God is, is in us, does not insist on his own rights and, or his own way, for he is not self-seeking, he is not touchy or fretful or resentful, he takes no account of the evil done to him, he pays no attention to a suffered wrong. God does not rejoice in injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices in right and truth. Rejoices when right and truth prevail. God bears up under any anything and everything that comes. Is ever ready to believe the best of every person. He hopes, and his hopes are faithless and under all circumstances. And he endures everything without weakening. God never fails. Never fades out or becomes obsolete or comes to an end. Mm-hmm. That's a good, that's a good uh, version to read that in. When I was learning how to walk in love, I learned this from Billy Brim. She was, she was very quick to get offended and very quick to be argumentative. Mm -hmm. So she took the amplified version of the, of of 1 Corinthians 13, four through eight, put it on, on three by five cards and put it inside all over the house, like inside the cabinets in the kitchen in the drawers in her bathroom, in her bedroom. And her husband would say something like, like what she gave the example, she made chili for him one day and she ran out of time so she, and she, or didn't have cornmeal and he liked cornbread, but she didn't get a chance to go to the store. So she didn't make the cornbread. So she makes the chili just for him. And she sets a big bowl of chili down in front of Kent with some crackers. And he looks at it and goes, hmm, this is good. Where's the cornbread? And she was so ready to just tell him off. Four <laughs> kids. She spent the whole day cleaning the house, taking care of the kids, making the chili. And she didn't. She wanted to say, "Go get your own cornbread." But she'd been walking in love, so she went to her kitchen cabinet, opened it up, and read First Corinthians thirteen four through eight in the Amplified. Yeah. <laughs> and I used it. I, I confess that over myself for quite a while in the Amplified every day. Yeah. Every day. Because that covers everything. You can't be offended if you're, if you're not going to be fretful or take no offense and take no rec- keep no record of a, of a suffered wrong. She was real good at keeping records. She had a really good memory about all the things he had done wrong. Uh-huh. And she'd read that to herself and she couldn't, she couldn't tell him off like she wanted to. (laughs) 
we're giving here practical things yeah, that you can do to change your behavior. People that are listening, none of us are perfect, but there are practical things we can do to change our behavior. There are practical things we can do to get up higher, right. closer to God, closer to walking with him so that when this rapture does take place, when the catching away does take place, we get to go. Because there's only going to be one 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 opportunity for that. There's not going to be a first, second, and third um, <laughs> load. So they're all we're all going on the one load. Yeah. So now it's not the time to to fiddle around and go. Well, I'll just catch it on the next the next go around, like the next bus or the next train. That's not how it works. Yeah. And too many people want to want to act like it's such a hard thing to do. If it was that hard to do, God would be unjust because he would be telling us to do something we couldn't do. Yeah. And therefore, he wouldn't be everything that he says he is and his word says he is. But he's not unjust. And what, what bothers me a lot about people like the, that woman that you sent me the the screenshot of those people can't be corrected right in my early walk i tried to correct those people and gently say you know maybe you need to rethink this and they would completely lose it you mm -hmm. could not correct those people i was just reading a a verse and i don't remember where it would have been in psalms I think I'm not 100% positive, but it was saying that very thing, you know, um, don't correct a, a fool. Yeah. Probably Proverbs. Might Could've be been. a sense that there's a lot of, a lot of things about a fool in Proverbs. Let me just flip over there and see if I find it. I, I don't know if I will or not. Cause I'm not going to take up too much time doing that. Not sure exactly where it is, but Psalm seventy-five four says, "Fools deal not foolishly." I'm looking quickly in the concordance I have in front of me. Yeah, Proverbs one seven and verse twenty-two. Let me try that. Proverbs 1 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Yeah, that's a good one, too. And Proverbs 1 22, how long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their, in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. And then it goes on to say, Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you, and I will make known my words to you. Verse 24, because I have called and you refused. I have stretched out my hand, and no man regards. Yeah. But you have set not at all my, you have set at not all my counsel, and with none of my reproof. It's verse 25. In other words, Verse 26, and also I will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear comes. Mm. And that's what's happened in the world. They've all turned their backs on him and just don't want to listen to any correction whatsoever. There's a heck of a lot of people in church doing that too. And you have to grow. He expects you to grow. The people just want to, today, they just want to say, well, this is my opinion. This is the way I feel and I'm entitled to it. So this is my truth. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, that was, that's, I dislike that so much. I, do I dislike that. So, 
because truth is truth. It's not your truth. It's, if it's truth, it's truth to everyone. Right. And it's your truth. It's a lie. Right. I heard a, a woman make a comment. And I don't remember where I was. I don't remember if I was watching television or whether I was. I don't remember, but I heard this woman say, I'm going to, I don't care what you think. I'm going to say what I want to say. And I'm going to say whatever. And I don't care whether you like it or not. I thought, and I, and I out loud, I said, and that's the problem with the world. It is. You're going to say what you want to say. You don't care what people think about it. And you're going to, you're going to just blast people, do whatever, say whatever you want with your mouth, not understanding that those words are powerful and they will produce. Right. like I was saying you know people just feel entitled and mm -hmm. they don't want to be corrected they don't like to be nope. corrected and it's some it's pointless and futile sometimes to tr to try to what? it's then, like that meme I sent you yeah and even my granddaughter they sent it to them and both of them laughed and my, and my older, the older granddaughter said, said something effective. That's the truest statement I've seen in a long time. <laughs> because we've all run into people like that. They could be yeah. any age, any, any, um, any denomination, any ethnic background, any nationality. There are some people you cannot convince that they're, that they could possibly be mistaken about anything. Right. They're right no matter what. And that arrogance and that pride and that that inability to, to be taught will destroy them. Mm -hmm. Well, the state of the world it is but we're supposed to be above that we are we're supposed to come up higher and be closer to him because the world needs to see that there is a difference oh here's what i was looking for oh good it, Where is it, it? is it is in proverbs it's proverbs 9 um starting at verse 7 it says, anyone who rebukes a mocker will get an insult in return. Anyone who corrects the wicked will get hurt. So don't bother correcting mockers. They will only hate. But correct the wise and they will love you. Instruct the wise and they will be wiser. Teach the righteous and they will learn even more. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. Wisdom will multiply your days and add years to your life. That's through verse 11. Mm -hmm. In mine, it says, he that reproves a scorner gets to himself shame, and he that rebukes a wicked man gets himself a blotch. Reprove not a scorner, lest he hate you. Rebuke a wise man, and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be, be yet wiser. Teach a just man, and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. For by me your days shall be multiplied, and the years of your life shall be increased. And that goes along with the the, the verse in that last verse. Goes along with the verse in um, Ephesians six, where it talks about children who will bear their parents will have a long and prosperous life. Mm -hmm. The same thing. Yeah. Because your days will be increased when you when you are listening to wisdom. Right. As much as I'd like to say I know everything, I, I don't. Nobody <laughs> does. Right. I'd like to say that, but that would be true. We should constantly be learning. My mother and I didn't agree on a lot of things. One of the things she told me that I think about often is every day you should learn something new. Every day should be a learning. You should learn something. Because that way you're constantly growing. 
Right. Beginning anyway, we should constantly be growing. Correct. In the in the in the spirit as well as in our character. You know, we we live in a world of plastic. Everybody's more interested in what people look like on the outside. Yeah. They're not interested in, in character. They're not interested in honor. They're not interested in, in wisdom. You know, they're not interested in the things that matter. Those things are far more important mm-hmm. because they last forever. Right. It's such a superficial world. You know, very much so. And it's disappointing. Absolutely. I thought, I thought when I grew up, things would be so much different than they are. Yeah. As a child, I thought I could hardly wait to grow up. <laughs> I think that's what every child believes. Yeah. yeah, every child is that way. But the problem, but the thing of it is, is when you grow up, you find out it's completely different than what you thought. Yeah. Well, as usual, we weren't a lot of rah rah, <laughs> <laughs> woohoo kind of kind of podcast. But these are serious things. We're in a time when we have to we have to step up. We have to step up. And I'm not going to be left behind after the rapture. I refuse to be left behind. Neither is my family going to be left behind. And I refuse. I refuse to miss out on what God has for me to do before he comes. I refuse. I will do everything I have to do to complete my calling. Amen. So on that thought... We're going to unhook. Until next time, walk, be victorious, walk in faith, walk in love, be teachable, walk in victory, and defeat the dark. <laughs>